like that, is it? I don't know, you probably have to start pressing recording again to make this work. Music, what is it? I don't know, you're not recording. Oh, am I not? No, remember? This is a new session. Yeah, no, no, I started recording straight away. I'll check pass, ready oh, to no, record. God damn it, it you didn't pass. absolute flute. <laughs> and once again, there is the episode for this week. You flesh oboe. You Kanye West. Been, <clears throat> yeah. I've just been reading the um, the old oral history of Boogie Nights this week, so it's quite apt. There's quite a lot of oral and quite a lot of history. Quite a lot of flutes. Yes. Some uh, rubbery ones appended to various Boston area racists. Speaking of going back in time, shall we talk about that Troy Kingy's attempted 80s arrival? So, we rejoin Mr. Kingy 60% of the way through his King Gizzardian quest to do 10 albums in 10 years <laughs> in 10 different <laughs> genres. A triple-double, if you will. He's averaging a triple-double. He is the Russell Westbrook of uh, New Zealand oh music. Oh, my God. The oh my. So, the this, this episode, he's doing synth-pop and 80s kind of club moustache sleaze. Um, so, look, like... Last week we said we wanted a bit of, uh, yes. you know, a bit more rock. Last week. And last week. <laughs> heavily. The, last week. No one's going to get this except you and I. <laughs> but this is definitely more, this is definitely more Beverly Hills Cop than um, rock then. This is, this is kind of what I was, what I was expecting. It was, it is very much yeah. more kind of shitty action movie of the 80s full of full of gratuitous tits and you know I mean it's a reasonably accurate facsimile of a fucking terrible genre he's done a really good job of, of recreating something that should be burned and thrown in the sea and then pour diesel on the sea and burn the diesel look I've got a, a lot of nostalgia for 80s synth pop but not this type <laughs> please I don't know. I, I just, yeah, very well done. Not that enjoyable to listen to was my was my not. No. Well, it was it was fine to listen. To. It was pleasant because it was because it was pop. I mean, pop is generally yeah, because it was kingy. Yeah. Okay, it's not unpleasant. It's just. That, I mean, the thing is also given that these were all you know the, the theme is the, it's like musty theme songs. He's year of the rat bags and they're musty theme songs. It's clear that what he's done is he's written little songs about various mates of his. Um, and they're the musty theme songs for his ratbag mates, and he puts theirs and their initials in the song titles. But it feels like you're constantly on the outer of some sort of private joke. Yeah. You know, it reminded yeah. me a little bit. This is like this, rocking, rocking up to a party and and not knowing anyone. Yeah, or, or even like you know, you'd be listening to like going years and years back. You'd be listening to like Triple J Request Fest. People would be having parties and they'd be phoning up and going, hey, I want to request such and such. I want to give a shit out to Davo and Macker and, and Donger and Wanker and like name all these people. And they felt like it was like an in-joke. You didn't know what the fuck any of this was about. There was like there's some kind of yeah. missing element that you can't quite relate to because you don't really understand the full picture of what's going on here. I, I just was waiting for the, you know, Simpson and Bruckheimer credits to, to roll Pretty over. Pretty much. Although the first track is, is extremely theme for a shit 80s family sitcom areas. Was it Stevie yeah. Stevie to the Rescue or whatever it was called? It was very much that. And and there was an interesting touch with the kind of very d- depressed family restaurant 
menu recording on loop talking about having an orange you know everything had an orange twist on it that was that was even more 80s than, than the moustache he's got on the front cover um but yeah it's um it's it's a it's a very true and accurate and faithful representation of some horrible shit we never want to see again um but box ticked and um we'll see you next year mate moving on to the next one yeah Hopefully not thrash metal. Just a King Gazard. Well, okay. I tell perhaps, you what, a Terraya collaboration with, have, with um, Alien Weaponry. Now. That would be awesome. A Kingy Alien Weaponry, you know, collaboration would be fucking nice. Yeah, but I think I feel like he likes to do his own and, thing. And they've, and they've obviously they've, well, they've obviously got a bit of affection for him having covered one of his songs. So. Mm. Music, 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 music. I always feel like I'm going to... Uh, pronounce this wrong is it pabst 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 it's german it's pabst 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 did they actually have the sound effect of opening a can of pabst at the start of the first song on this album i, I didn't swear that's could well have been that pabst oh, is an american beer hit. rather than a german beer so i don't really know what, yeah, german beer, a strong yeah. connection um this felt i have to think back to the previous album but this this album felt Certainly, to begin with, a lot lighter and poppier. It was more. It was definitely more power pop than kind mm. of the the grim yeah. grunge of, of the last album. Um, it de- loses, a bit, loses a bit of steam as, as the album continues on, but it's um, it's still in the it's still in the decent space. It's still a decent listen, I think. It's it's it, some of the songs are not particularly like they don't they don't sort of hang with you for very long. But it's not a it's not a bad effort, even if it is a, a little bit sort of consciously poppier than than the stuff they've done previously. Well, like I talked about last week, um, yes. the marriage of music and vocal sound is a lot tighter here, I feel. Like, I, I really like the way that he's got that that sort of screamy vocal, but it's a little bit back in the mix. Like, it's not right up punching you in the face. I, I don't know. It's, it's more just, like a hardcore just... punk a uh, vocal, yeah, but it's it not quite that, the that same screamo. Nah, it's more more singing than screaming. And they've mixed it, it down mixed, a little yeah. bit. It's not it's not like it, it kind of dominates in the same way that it, the like a genuine kind of hardcore band would be. And the songwriting isn't hardcore yeah. isn't hardcore punk either. It's it's sort of much more no. um, conventional pop songs or pop rock songs. I quite enjoyed it. I yeah, it I like the first two tracks. The first two tracks actually reminded me of the Hives. That kind of sort of yeah. a, a sort of jaggedy, electric-y um, kind of stuff that they were doing at, at the turn of the 2000s. Do you, do you think the songs actually got worse or do you think that it's just after six tracks of this you're ready for a refresher? No, I do I do think they front-loaded the good stuff. I felt like some of the tracks, okay. they didn't... One thing, one thing I'm always a stickler for is, is when you've got a chorus and a verse that do not match at all. Like there's a completely different, and it's not it's not an artistic effect. It's just because they haven't they haven't really got their shit together. Just haven't sorted it out. There's there's a few songs where you're like, you kind of lost me in the chorus, but it got me back in the verse. But yeah, dead ahead and and um, I can't remember what the second track was called. I can't read my own fucking handwriting. Mercy Strike. That's it. I'll edit that together so it sounds better. Um, th- those are my favourite tracks on the album. But yeah, it's, I think um, certainly comparable to the last album. I'd have to listen to them back to back to sort of figure out which one I like the most. But um, then again, that's a lot of effort you'd, that to make for an album that might not be in the top ten this year. So Yeah, I was going to say, like, qu- quite enjoyed this. Don't think it'll make my top ten. But yeah, I mean, there is a value in just an album that's good enough to say, yeah, that was a good album. That's worth pe- it's worth 
list, you know, if you're interested in this particular kind of thing, it's worth you listening to it, and it might be one of your favorite albums of the year. Mm. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing here. We're just, we're just, we're just providing a sifting process, and then just sort of, you know, putting post-it notes on certain albums and saying, if you like this sound, try this one. Yeah, yeah. Come back to this, and then at the end of the year, we kind of do that for ourselves, and we come up with with what we think we, we enjoy the most. Music, 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 music. We sort of use the. The words "adult contemporary" as an insult on this podcast—that's true—and I think and we also Broken use the word Bell. "sounds like the Beatles" as an insult. Yes, it's old, particularly late uh, Beatles, not the fun Beatles, the I kind of up, disappearing up their own ass Beatles. There's no other way of describing. And it. we also we'd also use "Broken Bell's End" as a as an insult, <laughs> or at least a, a painful. Um, um, a painful injury that required yeah, a trip to the urologist. Um, I, I don't think you could describe this album as anything but adult contemporary. Uh, oh, I'm torn on this. It is it is an album for people who were young when Broken Bells began and who have grown old with yeah, it. Yeah, I guess so. What, what I, I, that's, I found that, was... That, in its, it, that isn't a criticism. That's just a statement of, of fact. In fact, it might be a compliment. What, what I found... Frustrating was there was a little bit too much um, what I would call sort of normal instrumentation in this album, like straight down the line guitars or straight down the line drums. Like the, the stuff that I liked the Broken Bells was when they lent more into the sort of production side of it. You know, some keys that were heavily fucking walked through a mixer or you know sounds that sounds that were instantly recognisable as the instrument that they came out of. I guess. Yeah, because um, this was and, just a, and what, a conventional sad pop folk album, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, there was bits of it, little bits of of that in there, and those were the bits that I liked the most. I, I really liked this album. I, I listened to it on headphones, and, and I guess I just I like the wistfulness of his voice. I think is what really attracts me, and when it's when the music sort of can counterbalance that and sort of bounce off it a little bit. But it was just a little bit too standard flat white military issue yeah. <laughs> straight down the line for me. Well, um, how, do, how, does, how would this differ from a Shin's album? Yeah, that's that, that. That's what I like about Broken Bells versus the Shin's, though, is yeah. the Shin's is pretty much straight down the line pop. Yeah. And Broken Bells, or at least when you listen to it on headphones, had a little bit more going on in the background, a little bit more, uh, like I used to call it shimmering, but it's like, you know, layers, like layers of sound. Um, and if you're listening to it in the background, you never sort of pick that up. It just sounds like sort of shimmery pop. But when you do sort of sit back and listen to it on good speakers or listen to it on headphones, there's a little bit more depth to it. This didn't have that. <laughs> it, no, it, it, it was quite it was quite pulled back and, and thin in the production. It's almost like, and I know that this album's been in yeah. gestation for a lot longer than this, but it was almost like Danger Mouse was distracted with his other stuff, like the much more production heavy yeah. stuff that he's been doing, and didn't. You know, didn't actually do much of a job on this. It was it was more your man from the shins driving most of the driving most of the, the decisions that were being made. Um, I, I love his voice, so like I enjoyed it, but it just like I just it's one of those ones where it's like this was enjoyable. It could have been fucking awesome if you'd put a bit more bit more effort and a bit more time into it. And but yeah, good it wasn't. But you know, for, for you and for me, yeah. it's kind of you know take or leave. But it wasn't unpleasant. Yeah. I, no, no. It, would would have been awesome 
you know, background music for cooking with. I, I would yeah. admit. Yeah, but it's like that pub stuff. It, 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 it's not going to be. We're not going to be talking about it in December, January. But it was still an extremely pleasant experience, and you might as if this is the sort of thing that you get into, you sh- it's worth your time. And even if it's not your stuff, it's worth your time because, you know, 45 minutes spent in the company of a band that, that you don't know uh, telling you something that you don't know is, is always worthwhile. If you come out of it thinking, yeah, that was good. I, I got something out of that. That's why we do this fucking show, folks. It's for you. You're welcome. <laughs> Ungrateful fucking All right, cunts. Doc, what, what, what have you got this week that is a new- What have I got that's new? Well, we've- it struck me at the end at this afternoon that we've had this a very pop heavy week in its various mm. forms with uh, perhaps broken from power pop to sad pop to terrible 80s synth pop. Um, terrible because the 80s were terrible, folks. Don't ever be, don't ever let anyone tell you otherwise. The 80s were fucking trash. They were just neon fucking trash. Um, so enough pop. Clutch have a new album. They're loud and obnoxious, and I think we need to listen to that. The album is called Sunrise on Slaughter Beach, and it will involve a whole lot of airy ass bellowing and very large kind of blues-laden stoner rock riffage, um, and uh, it'll be completely over the top, and I'm sure it'll be in- in- mostly enjoyable. So uh, Clutch's new album is my album for this week coming. Well, if I if we have a musical spirit animal on this podcast, it's... Are you allowed to say that? that? Have a, a musical spirit animal? I yeah, think spirit I animal is, is, is off the table now because it's kind of it's pissing uh, on appropriation. Um, indigenous, indigenous American um, stuff. Anyway, okay. it's, I just look at it as something um, being too work there. Look, if, if, if spirit if, vegetables if, are okay, if though. I, if I said to you there's a band with a drummer and a, a, a singer who plays a bit of guitar, a two piece, like. That's enough to get you in, isn't it? Well, that, that's enough to describe like nine of our favourite bands. Yeah, I was going to say. So I read the bio of this band. I haven't really listened to much of them. And it was like, you know, dr- drummer and a singer who plays guitar. I was like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, I'll have a list. So listen, let's go Big Scaries, Me and You. I think That description well. covers everything from the White Stripes to the Black Keys to fucking The Kills to Blood Red Shoes to royal blood, to wet leg. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, yeah, that seems to be leg. a thing. Yeah. I think this is going to be more poppy than, like, indie pop so. more than, you know, the Kills or the Black Keys. Oh, good, more but, pop. I don't know. I like that arrange. Well, yeah. Have you got a joker for this week? Well, Bush have a new album, so we're not going to listen to that because they oh. were shit in the 90s, so why the fuck would you okay. listen to them now? Yes. <laughs> I just, I just thought that needed to be mentioned. <laughs> so, there's a Bush album out. Why? What the fuck point is that? Who was who was Gavin Rossdale with? It wasn't with Poltro. He was with somebody was, was vaguely it? famous. No, Gwen, Sata- Gwen, Gwen Stefani. That was it. That was it. Gwen Stefani. And I really liked No Doubt. No Doubt were a good band. Well, did you see that? Um, every, the, quite a lot of quite a lot of people who were. Too old to old enough to know better. Probably the 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 early the older Gen Z kids are very excited because the original the classic lineup. If you can imagine this, the classic lineup of Blink One Eight Two are reforming. I chuckled. Classic it's like Blink the classic lineups are for fucking Led Zeppelin. They're not for Blink One Eight Two. They're not like oh we got the alien UFO guy back. Great. 
They were a band that did run around nude singing songs about their dicks and asses. This is not, you know, this is not high art. Anyway, I think this might be a generational I thing. I don't even think you could say that about Guns N' Roses and not, like, snigger a little bit. Yeah, I mean, an original um, lineup. The thing is, with Guns N' Roses, you know that an original lineup of Guns N' Roses requires a hell of a lot of time in Narcotics Anonymous to come through. <laughs> and, and, you know, an original lineup of, of Metallica is a little bit difficult considering their bass player died in a bus crash in, like, 1983. Um, a Joker. Let's go for the, the new album by Eve Six, who are a, a, a mm. pop-punk band. Largely on the basis that their Twitter account is funny, that they have that fucking that thing that pop punk bands of the nineties always used to have, which is the main point of our our existence is to be funny, and everything else is just fucking who cares. Whether it was you know fucking Blink One Eighty Two, No Effects, although Micro No Effects is is a bit problematic these days. Even Friends or Rom, uh, uh, and here I think. I thought you were going to go with the Lime Cordial Idris Elba Fatboy Slim <laughs> collaboration. <laughs> I don't know what made me laugh more this week. That 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 Stormzy's fucking lent into R and B. It just makes. What do you mean lent into? <laughs> I mean he always was. He's always been the Stormzy's always been the least the least convincing of the of the the grime icons of the of the modern period. Yeah. You have um, put him on a scale from like Dizzy to Skepta to Stormzy. Well, I suppose we need to put Jamie in there somewhere. That young bloke yeah. who was just doing covers of everything, basically. Except saying, I am the Prince of Grime. Uh, I mean, Grime's, <laughs> Grime's a parody of itself these days. So. And probably has been for the last 20 years, if you ask the real heads. Yeah, that that that's probably true. Um, all right, that sounds good, Doc. Good week. Yeah. Don't know if it was groundbreaking, but it was certainly enjoyable. It was, it's, it was mostly pop, and pop is... By its definition, usually popular. Not in the um, butthole sofas uh, term of the word. I basically just said that, so I've got some play out music to use. And on that note, goodbye. Oh, was that Nada Surf? That was Nada Surf. See ya. Fuck you, Triple J. Timeless tweet. whether there's a press club album that I actually like. Uh, they're a bit like Camp Cope. I like the idea of them more than I actually like like the yeah. the content is I support I support the movement, but the content is punishing. You know, it's it's very strong. I mean it's obviously the stride and they're trying to the press club I think maybe a little bit le- just slightly less. Actually no, I think I'm misremembering press club. Press club aren't anywhere near as political as Camp Cope. The what are no, uh, I think the- Press Club was the album for, we didn't we thought was ridiculous because they were moaning on about essentially the fact that it was difficult to pay the rent in 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 Melbourne. And I'm like, well, fucking don't yeah. live there. Live somewhere else, you fucking wankers. You don't have to fucking live there. We, we went through a whole episode and didn't mention the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album. No, that's on purpose. I mentioned that. I mentioned that in a series of tweets. <laughs> Go back. Well, no, it was um. 
Because because I, I was on Twitter on my phone, which I try to avoid to, because because I don't have all my fucking filters and blocks, and you know it, it shows you all the promoted bullshit. At one yeah. point, it showed me a promoted tweet from John Deere. I'm like, you got, and, and literally my tweet was, you know, at some stage in the near future, the marketing manager for John Deere is going to have to explain what the return on investment is on showing a picture of a combine harvested of fucking random drunks on Twitter. And all you end up with uh, is like an earworm for that fucking Wurzel song uh, from the seventies. I've got a brand new combine harvester, and I'll give you the key. It was like fuck off. I am not your target audience for a fucking combine harvest. Combine harvester. However, I I am the target audience, Mate, for John Deere. There is yeah, not, not for money. a combine harvester. I can't. No. You are not getting no, you a. <laughs> now you could fuck some lantana up with that, but it would need to be. You know, you need to put fucking tank tracks on it to get it up your hill. There is actually a, a a mob down the coast that basically have something that's like a tank with a like a rolling drum with blades yeah. in it and a, and a flamethrower. Yeah. Basically, it's like just robot the- wars just scaled up. Yeah, pretty much. And it'll go on any fucking slope and yeah. just will chip. It basically chips everything in its path. Yeah. And then the first time it rains, your entire yeah. slope just sludges down the hill, slumps down the hill, and you're done. Yeah, well, it was you know it was it was invented in the Gold Coast, so it was probably for bikies to get rid of their fucking enemies. But anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> or get rid of their enemies' crop anyway. Uh, but yeah, the, the um the the red hot chili peppers that was like when I happened to be on the search, like you, you go to the search thing and it gives you like for you the new red hot chili peppers album is out. I'm like, I, this is not for me. You can have it back, Twitter. I don't want it. Eddie Van Halen, because they've written their lead single has been written about Eddie Van Halen. I'm like the ghost. If the if the ghost could sue, Eddie Van Halen's ghost would be making bank off these fucking. Uh, I've got a I've got a Joker, and I just I, I just know you are really not going to like it. But it's an it's a Joker. If you can if you win a week, you get to use it. I'll I'll save it till I, when I want. You should save it. There we go. Otherwise, I'll just be I'll just keep stringing up fucking Jokers. I've got some fantastic Jokers lined up. I just did. It's just the problem is that some of them sounded I'm a bit. Cl- too, I felt like they would sound a bit too much like Clutch, or or, or what the way they were described. Yeah. I thought oh, I didn't want to do too much. You know, too similar kind of sounds. The band called yeah, Aromatic Ooze. Band called Suck. A band called oh. Bastardane. Oh yeah, a, a a pop grunge album. <laughs> Don't know how you get those two together. I mean, I think we I think that was basically what Pabst were in the last album they had because they sounded a bit more kind of mm. Nirvana-y, but but they were still writing songs with a pop structure. Yeah, I, I mean, thought- and and of course, um, some old punish will probably tell us that that Nirvana really were a pop band anyway because they had um. Oh, for um fuck's sake. Oh, who was the producer? It, was a, it wasn't Bob Rock. It was one of those. Um, oh, it was, no, it was it old was, mate, um, Butch Vig. It was Butch Vig, Butch Vig. from oh, it went on the Garbage. I was going to say Vigo Mortison, but. Uh, <laughs> Butch Vigo Mortison. The, <laughs> the collaboration we didn't know we needed. Butch Vigo, Chris Mortensen. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they, they argue, like, oh, you know, fucking, you know, Lithium's a pop song and, you know, Come As You Are is a pop song. And you're like, okay, good on you. It, it's got. Pop in the terms that it was popular and it had a hook to it, but you know, just having a hook doesn't make it a pop song. Uh, See that um, old mate from old mate from Savage Garden is back. Yeah, I did see Darren. That. Darren, how should I remember his last name? Hayes. Um, is back. Don't think that music is for us, though. Well, he's like <laughs> you love that. You think back to like George Michael, and he would like write songs like Freedom and um, 
and you're like Queen, you know, Freddie Mercury would write songs like I Want to Break Free and you know, they sort of couch what the song was about in, in sort of various terms. Uh, in the end, Frankie goes to Hollywood and songs like Relax that were much more blatant about, about the theme structure. And Darren Hayes comes out with a song that's literally just called Homosexual. It was like, I'm pretty sure I know. But what, what are you really when- singing about here, Darren? What's the, what are you really trying, what's the message you're really trying to get across here? Remember when the Late Show did a, a a parody of Are You Being Served and it was all single entendres, no, you know, no double entendres, <laughs> yes. it's just all straight I'm out. I'm gay. I'd like to see your pussy. Yes. Vaginas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dear. It's a one-note joke, late but it works. Def- Much like the, this podcast. The, the Late Show would definitely be cancelled. Oh, uh, not really. I think... The whole idea of being cancelled is a little bit rubbery because all it is is, I mean, it, Graham Norton was gave some good quotes about this recently. It's just a little, the, I mean, John Cleese is banging on about being cancelled and, and being banned from the BBC while he's on the fucking BBC at the time. It's like, no, That's think the, about the, the Steve Price effect. Yeah, yeah, it's like the thing about it's not being I've, I've being cancelled. All being cancelled is is people don't like what you said and they're holding you to account yeah. for it. It's just there's well, more yeah, people Billy- who don't like what you said than before. Billy Bragg had a, a great little comeback about that. He's yeah, like, yeah, I think he, he was, like, had that as well. It, it's like because JK Rowling's yeah, been saying he, some fucking dumb shit as oh, usual. I, I think I might quietly just fucking because I've I've got a few of those books lying around. I think I might just quietly bin them into the Vinnie's bin. I think. Yeah. Uh, let my kids read Terry Pratchett and fucking. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because it's like they're not good. They were just. They were good enough, yeah, and they were in a moment yeah, where, average. yeah, they were they were perfectly serviceable, and they rode the wave of a bit of you know a bit of popular zeitgeist. I mean, it's like I mean, also you know, the, on the same thing, the plot to Star Wars is terrible, but you know, it's <laughs> it's it's not none of this stuff is great art. It's just that it, it happened to captivate a bunch of people's imagination like, at the time. But if it turns like, out the oh, person oh. who made the art was a fucking psychopath and a fuckwit. Or yeah. or going to other genres, a sex pest, or a child molester, or violent to yeah. his family, or or a Nazi, or something. You just go, okay, we keep, I don't need that in my life, and I don't see that as cancel culture. I see that as making reasonable judgments about about. We can't just pretend the art and the artist are separate things anymore. Yeah, the the thing about those books too is like because I quite I quite like rereading books, like I like. You know, digging in and finding the little bits that I missed the first time or the second time or the fourth, fifth time. They're not good rereads. They're they don't have extra. Depth. F- no, no. They're, they're, you've read them once and you've read them. You're not getting anything out of you, you know what's happening and that's what happens. Yep. All right, dude. Which is also true of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. The we show notes they've every- got they've got hidden depth and extra value, but you know. The shit that we spout on the mic is as terrible as it was the night that we recorded it, which was definitely one week later than the last time that we recorded. This is why we put it up every week. Yes. Roughly. Thereabouts. When we could be asked. Which is our prerogative. I want you to stop shouting at your video game.
young bloke gets very angry <laughs> with, with Forza Horizon. Uh, oh, I could hear him in the... In I know. The, in the first pod. You could hear like, him down the fucking are, street. Are they having a fight? No, no, no. He's just really angry with his controller and with Xbox Live and with the goings-on in Forza Horizon. He, it's Forza Horizon, which is like a point-to-point racing game. It's not like it's not like he's in a fight. It's not like he's trying to shoot people. It's not like he's being, being called a, a racial slur by somebody with a headset on. He's just... <laughs> He's just racing some irreplaceable supercar down some road. And the thing isn't turning in quite as sharply into the hairpin as he would as he would like. So. As he would like. Wait till he gets into a real car. He's not getting into mine. I've seen what he does to these things. Uh, all right, Doc. 